Welcome to season two of the Age Sister podcast. This season, we're talking all about women at work. So let's get started with today's expert. Hey, everyone. I feel so lucky to talk to one incredible woman after another on the Age Sister podcast, but here's another one today. Um, I'm talking to Catherine Schonendorf, who's a seasoned senior executive and CEO with 25 years of experience in successfully pivoting multiple businesses in different industries. She stepped down from her role as Swiss CEO at Mercer to pursue her business doctorate. And besides teaching digital transformation, she works with business owners to scale their businesses with an X-factor approach. Her mission, though, is to coach corporate women to access senior careers, as well as to achieve remarkable business transformations. I learned so much from Catherine, and I'm sure you will, too. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you very much. I mean, very uh, glad to be with you today. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. Um, so I'm just so interested in your journey to your work that you're doing today. And I always start by asking my guests about how they came to doing what they're doing now. Can you tell me about that? Sure. I never thought of doing what I'm doing now. However, though, supporting employees and people on their way, uh, them blossoming was always something which was really important to me as a leader in corporate and also as an employer. And my last position in corporate was uh, as CEO, Swiss CEO of Mercer. The, for me to have happy or people being satisfied where they are, where they can evolve, is something which is for me so natural because if you want to be a successful business, you better make sure that you have happy teams and happy clients because problems will be always existing. So at least that you have a sound basis. Um, when I left Mercer to follow up on a, on a dream, my dissertation, uh, PhD, I came across a team, um, some women talking about the difficulties on being a leader and the roadblocks and etc. And it's touched me so much because these were absolutely accomplished women. And here I am. <laughs> it, basically, this event from March 21 made me become who I am today because I was still on my road of business strategies, working in, in this field as a uh, interims manager, restructuring manager. And yeah, sometimes you never know where your, uh, your road is leading you. And I'm really happy I took, I took on this, uh, this mission because it's my legacy in a certain way. So I'm just wondering if you can give advice to women about how they can best influence others, how they can rise to similar types of leadership that you rose to with the uh, role at Mercer. You know, when I rose as a leader, um, I always filled in a gap, something which was missing. Either it was 
to clean up a situation, a messy situation, or um, it was always about solving problems. And it is the way on how I rose to that uh, to that position in a very natural way, because um, uh, my my senior leadership knew that I was able to uh, to sort the situation and to bring it back to prosperity. And this is how you can make it. However, though, I think that today, if I had to redo my uh, my whole curriculum. I would be way more strategic in the way of presenting myself, meaning how I can sell my expertise, my knowledge, and use that space that I'm being given to not only deliver, but to rise even more to the occasion, because I did it but it was, I think we can do it a little bit more in a more natural way. Meaning if I'm standing now here, it's because I'm the most appropriate, the best one to solve it, period. And not to ask or question yourself again. And this is, by the way, this is exactly the feeling I got from uh, the discussion we had in March 21 with these accomplished leaders. And I thought, uh uh-uh, once you have a position, it's your space, it's your territory, I am here. And I think that we women, we we tend to be too obedient, too loyal, and, and waiting, therefore, for some recognition and permission. And it's something which is often happening in the subconscious, in your attitude, in your way of approaching um, or presenting projects, outcomes, whatever. And I think we just, you know, I mean, we can claim that we are good, um, that we are talented. And I think I would, and I'm encouraging women really to be who they are, but with who they are to claim their space and to say, okay, guys or girls, I'm here. If we look at CEO, um, female CEOs, there are rarely people such as Jeannie Rometty, when she walks in, you have her and she occupies all the space and you you barely have something to say because she is so present, right? So she has a wonderful straight stage presence. If you look at a Carla Harris, for instance, she also walks in. I mean, you see that she comes from uh, the gospel. You know, she she also uses the stage, and I think that many of us women are not used to use this the stage with our energy and i think that this is something if i had to um advise a young woman on how to uh, to become also a ceo it has also to do with stage presence and i'm talking about this because i used to um own for 10 years my own um classical singer agency besides me being a leader and it is absolutely, di- I mean, there's a difference between someone who knows how to go on stage and be present and therefore so carrying over 
the or delivering the message in a totally different way rather than someone who is absolutely i mean successful like um Julie Sweet from Accenture or maybe also uh, Mercer's CEO Martin Furland. It doesn't mean that they are not as efficient or Indra Nuri. I mean, they are really efficient. And Indra is another is, is almost another chapter because she was she was invited to so many um, speeches and events that she she developed also her own presence. But I would I would really recommend every one of us to be to do some more whatever singing or theater acts on on stage, but to develop this point. So just so I can clarify that, Catherine, are you saying that we should be owning the stage beyond the stage? So beyond just coming on and having a speaking presence, bringing that presence into meetings, the boardroom and our interactions in business? I would definitely say so, because when you, um, how many of us are walking from meeting to meeting to meeting and are maybe prepared, but maybe not from an energy point of view? Mm. There are, I mean, for instance, when I when I talk with, or this is something I teach to um, to women, is when you have many male um, colleagues surrounding and and them always taking the stage. I always say to them, okay, you have your two to three point max which you want to come across, and which you want to have, and you wait until three-quarter of the meeting. And then just before we wrap up the meeting, you say, okay, gentlemen or whomever, dear colleagues, okay, this is what I what I hear from every one of us. This is maybe where we have a consensus. And by the way, these are the two or three points I want really us to be moving forward. So you basically, even if you're not necessarily the CEO or the leader of the meeting, you take on this uh, role. And it's interesting because I had um, a client of mine, she said at the third time she, uh, she used this tactic, she said to me, hmm, you know what? The guy from the other company, it was a, a, a board meeting uh, with several companies being uh, part of it. She said, she started to do exactly what I did. So I said, well, then you wait a little bit later. <laughs> and it is about, it is almost a play, but it is an energetical play. And I think we don't use that uh, enough. So I love this idea, but I want to ask you a bit of a tough question about that, because I think a lot of women right now are feeling very low energy. Um, you know, at this point in the pandemic, with everything that's going on in the world, there's this sort of, you know, lack of energy that we're all fighting against as we come to work. Do you have any suggestions around that, about how we could bring that better energy to our interactions? The only way you can do that is if you are centered 
And uh, the best way to do it is by doing some breathing exercises, um, not to be too relaxed, but with breathing exercises to be really, you know, centered and here and focused. It doesn't, you don't need to have it all the time. But if you are preparing yourself, and let's say you have a, you have a meeting of 15, um, let's say 30 to 45 minutes, you don't need to be there all the time present. But if you know exactly what you want to achieve and at the right moment, then you show up with your energy. And then, because, because decisions are not all solely data and facts, they are also how you carry the message across. So whenever you have uh, energy, the better it is. And also, especially when, for instance, on, on social media, um, we say um, our instructors on YouTube and etc. they always say, you need to have the double amount of energy than you would have um, as a normal person not standing behind a camera because your energy needs to be transported over and come across over. And it is exactly the same thing. And But you can do it in a very charming way. I mean, you know, if you know exactly your point that you want to achieve, you're going to achieve that. Mm. Try it out. So I I love this idea and I love the idea of this centering and and breathing to prepare for that uh bringing that kind of energy. I guess this leads me into my question about one of the things that you and I had talked about previously around brand awareness and women having their own brand awareness and this is part of what what you teach. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um you know, I'm. I think that we bring so many we women when we are working in in teams. We bring so much with us um, in a natural way because we are. Well, some of us are, are mothers, so we know how to how to drive the energy, how to bring people along, to make sure that everyone feels fine. I think so that in the corporate environment, it is almost like a corset. If you are not the, the one of the vice presidents or one, I mean, or the CEO, um, the global CEO, etc., you are kind of, because of governance, what you could say, how you could, you know, um, what could lead to a misunderstanding, you usually don't use social media and you don't build a brand, your brand on social media. And I think that this is something I became aware of how, well, not bad, but how inexistent I used to be. I was known in the Swiss market. People knew me. Um, because of of my my contacts with my multiple contacts with with clients and etc, but I didn't take the opportunity to build my brand, and I would say today for every single either salesperson or as a leader 
men or women? Because I think that both sides are lacking of brand awareness is whenever you have, let's say, services um, of your companies or you bring out something, marketing wants to talk about uh, a new product, etc. Why don't you just write a post with the benefits for your clients, specifically tailored to your clients, and say, okay, this is how our product or service could help you. Because, because if we don't do that in a consistent and disciplined way all the time, you do not build your brand. People around you don't, um, well, around you, they don't know you, but beyond, they don't necessarily know you. How do you want to create, um, create trust? It's by always giving value to clients in a very visible way. And when I say clients, I don't mean only existing clients, but also potential clients and, and prospects. And I think also the other thing where we women uh, tend to be too peer network oriented is that we're making sure that we know everyone who is doing the same type of work we deliver so that we can organize amongst ourselves. So it's a really peer-to-peer -peer network where men are way better that they go outside of their traditional network and looking for an op opportunity network. And I think that this is something which I developed once I was away from, from Mercer, from my role, because I didn't have a lot of time. But you do not more need time, a lot of time. You just, you know, you connect with other people coming from other areas, from other centers of experience or uh, field of experience. You, you just look at what could and where could you get some further ideas, which might also help you in your business to drive the business in maybe in a different uh, direction? And I think that this is so crucial today. That's such great advice. Um, and it leads me back to something that you said to me when I spoke to you a few weeks ago, and it just stuck with me. I actually had to write it down to, to think about it. And you said that when you focus on execution, you become a commodity. And I think about that idea of not building the brand awareness, of not having that, that visibility and focusing solely on execution. Can you um, maybe talk about that a little bit more also? Absolutely. Um, and see, I think that this, I mean, happened to me also as a senior leader. Um, I think when you focus too much on, on making sure that everything is perfect and that you're successful, you're basically becoming a contributor to, to the revenue generation. So something which is, you know, it runs fine. You don't have to bother about that as a, you know, as a, for, for the leaders on above you. Uh, yeah, it's kind, it kind of becomes normal because you're, you're executing. People know, okay, Catherine, she's going to take care of that. I, I can focus on something else. And you lose, you lose um, the ability to be considered as a potential 
because for your leadership, they consider you, okay, she's happy where she is. We leave her there. We bring some other people in, or maybe we promote other people uh, because we consider them as being a potential. So I think that whenever you feel, especially as you you become, you age, um, you, you say, let's say you are now since maybe 10 or 15 years uh, already in your career, always look at if you feel too comfortable, it is because you are, uh, you are basically already a contributor. You should always, there should always be skills missing where people are saying, oh, she has that, but she potentially could also achieve that. And I think that when I look back at, at, my, at my own case, you know, I was, I had grown the business almost 400% in not even 10 years. Uh, we were, I, I had achieved something that no one in this field had achieved before, meaning we were, we were able to bring the retirement, uh, the Swiss retirement principles and software to other countries in Europe. And no one did that before. Um, and we had raving clients. So believe me, my conditions were absolutely fabulous. They were solid, grounded, everything. You know, I delivered the, the margins and I got fired. So it was also for me, for me, the lesson was, okay, Catherine, you didn't want to go earlier. So you have someone else kicked you out of it. So it was for me, I, I took it in a positive way because the universe shook me and I learned about that. It is um, that whenever you are considered as being a contributor, it means that you're executing. And if you're executing, you are only a commodity. And why do I say that? Um, because you're no more sitting in the driver's seat of your career. Whenever you execute something, you are the, on the passenger seat of a job, but you're not in the driver's seat of your career. And that is a subtle, a very subtle, but very important uh, distinction to make. Always thrive to grow, to expand your expertise in a different way. Um, try to learn something new. And the more you are going to express that to your leadership, the more they will know that you want to grow also within the company. And that is this is really important because employers are, um, are demanding and expecting from their employees that their employee know where they want to grow and go. So it's no more about waiting to be recognized for the superb job you've done. No, this is normal because you, you delivered a superb job because you are worth it. You know how to do it, but claim also your next step and make it, um, make it visible. Let people know about why you are the right person for 
another job or for another position. And then you change it. I, I could sit and listen to your um, analysis and advice all day long. Uh, I think you just have so many interesting points. If our listeners wanted to find out more about the work that you do or working with you, where would they go? Simply go on LinkedIn um, and there you find me, you drop me uh, an email or you you ask me a question. And this is, I think, the this is the easiest way to, to look after uh, or to find me. And I reply very quickly. <laughs> no problem. Great. Well, I'll make sure that we have your links in the show notes um, so people can reach out if they want to get in touch. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.